It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Well, Rich, it's nice to have you back in the studio again. Glad to be here with you. Been a little lonesome. <laughs> uh, friends, we have something else that I was going to talk about during this program. But then Rich mentioned there's a situation coming up in the state of Kansas. So you folks in Kansas, you be sure to listen carefully because it pertains to you, but everybody else on the network. It It is something that you'll find very, very interesting. Also, um, when we were in uh, Wichita, Kansas, Rich, was that 1993? No, that was 1991. That was 91. That's a long time the ago. Summer of Mercy. It was a summer of mercy. And that's when Kansas was known as the abortion capital of the nation. Yep. Because third trimester abortions were readily done by an abortionist there in Wichita. And so people, you know, finally just well up. They just say, we have to pray. We have to gather. We must do what we can to ask God to relieve us of this terrible scourge that we have that certainly covered all Kansas. And we went there as reporters, didn't we? Yes. And uh, I thought, well, we'll just go through Wichita for three days. I want to see what it's all about. I uh, I just want to see and honestly report. And we were there five and a half weeks. We could not, we could not, we could not get away of what we were doing that was breaking our heart. And yet we were there as reporters. And uh, I kept telling myself now, you must not become the story. You're here to report the story. And we did that to our audience uh, on the network and to many of the programs Focus on the Family and D. James Kennedy down in Coral Ridge, Florida. Uh, they all took our feeds, didn't they? Our news feeds. Isn't that amazing? That was 31 years ago. And there was a, a couple in the state of Illinois. Uh, the husband was a policeman. And the wife was a, a singer, and the two of them, uh, they would sing in churches in different places, um, and they were listening, and they wrote a song. They wrote a song uh, of over what they were hearing and how it touched their heart, and uh, they sent it to me, and it was called the Wichita Song, the Wichita Song, and it reflects what they felt as a result of what we were reporting uh, that was going on in Wichita at that time. Now listen, folks, in Kansas, and we'll be talking about that in just a few minutes, but right now, there's something coming up, Rich, in an election very soon in Kansas. What's it called? It's the Value Them Both Amendment, and it's going to be on the ballot August 2nd for the primary election. And yeah. everybody needs to go vote yes for the value them both amendment. That's to value the mothers and the babies. Value them both. Right. B-O-T-H. Right. The mother and the babies. It's so easy for the public to leave the babies out. It's so easy for the public to leave the babies out. Uh, but this amendment to the state constitution is to be sure that both 
are valued mm-hmm. in Kansas. We'll be talking more about yes. that. But I want the folks to listen to the song that that husband and wife sent us those many, many years ago. And it kind of broke their heart. And if you listen to it, folks, you'll see that it really touches you as well. Here it is. Did you hear a baby cry in Wichita today? Did something tug inside your heart as a life was torn away? Do situations trouble you where people take a stand? Don't you hear the thunder rumbling across our troubled land? Is knowing right from wrong enough to satisfy your soul? Or should it take commitment for God's people to behold? As clouds of darkness gather up, what will we say and do? Would Christian witness persevere if left to me and you? Right and wrong, walk hand in hand for everyone to see. We'll stand up and speak for those whose voices can't be heard. And will this madness carry on without a single word? Do you recall the words? He strengthened Jeremiah against the world's wicked ways. Can we arm ourselves with righteous words to fight the coming gloom? And didn't God declare I knew you well before I formed you in the world? See, and there is left hanging, isn't it, folks? Did you see the way the song ended? It was left up in the air. It was hanging. I guess the question is, are you going to vote or are you not going to vote for value them both if you live in Kansas? Right, right. My favorite line in that song is, will Christian witness persevere if left to me and you? Yeah, because if you don't vote 
value them both, and that means a yes, why then Kansas will revert to one of the most abortion-free capital uh, states uh, 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 Not, not abortion-free, but the, uh, abortion-inclusive. Oh, yeah. uh, so it becomes an abortion, well, abortion destination. Available. Yeah, it becomes a destination. Yeah, and people, and people from across the country will travel to Kansas once again, which is what they did 31 years ago. They were traveling from across the country to get an abortion that was illegal in their state and to get it done in Kansas. So those days are coming back unless the people... Vote for the value them both amendment. How many stations do we have in Kansas? We have 19. 19 radio stations. Well, spread the word, folks. That's right. If you're listening in Kansas, spread the word. Talk about it in your Sunday school class. Talk about it in your church. I can't imagine a pastor of a Christian church that wouldn't say absolutely uh, vote. However you vote, be sure to vote. Take it seriously. Well, I would uh, I would hope that pastors across the state would be encouraging their people about this issue, about this amendment, to, to vote yes, because Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. Yeah. All right, and, now. And better if a millstone was hung around your neck and thrown into the deepest part of the sea yeah. than to harm one of these little ones. Yeah, you're right. All right, now let's turn a corner. You see, folks, music Music, along with the spoken word, is so important. Music is so important. And uh, there are people who have written some of the great hymns of the church, and they almost always came from adversity. Some of the greatest hymns of the church came out of tremendous adversity. And I know there's many people right now You've lost everything. You're really down. Uh, your husband or wife has died. Or maybe you lost a child. Or maybe something other thing has gone terrible. And you don't know where to turn. And you just seem, while everything was going right, everything was going just fine, and now it's the exact opposite. Well, out of a situation like that, just just following the Civil War in America. There was a man named Horatio Spafford. Horatio Spafford, he was in Chicago, and he was doing everything just right, and he was prospering, and he had a good marriage, and he had five beautiful children, and everything was coming up roses. And he was doing very well in the real estate business. I mean, this is when Chicago was coming on strong. And then his little baby boy died. And out of the sorrow that he and his wife felt over the loss of that little boy, he said, well, you know what we need maybe is a getaway. We just need to get away. And he was a friend of D.L. Moody who at that time was preaching in England. And he said, listen, let's get on a ship. This is following the Civil War, so there were no airliners. Let's get on a ship and we'll go over to England and we'll, we'll enjoy hearing D.L. Moody speak. Maybe it'll cheer us up a little. And so he got the tickets. And then before they left, the fire broke out in Chicago. Any of you folks that know the history, American history, know the Chicago Fire. It just tore the city of Chicago apart. 
the buildings, the real estate, everything crumbled. The economy went went south. Everybody was losing everything. So Spafford told his wife and girls, well, I got to stay here to take care of this for, his, for a little bit, but you go ahead. You go ahead and get on the ship. You and my dear wife and our four little daughters, you go ahead, and I'll join you later. I'll join you later. And what you're going to hear, folks, is the story about how it is well with my soul came into being. Here it is. Following the end of the Civil War, Chicago, Illinois, stood as the gateway to the American West. Business and commerce boomed along the shores of Lake Michigan. The population tripled in less than a decade. And railroads connecting half a continent intersected in the heart of the city. The birth pangs of a metropolis were unmistakable. And as Chicago grew, so did the fortunes of anyone with a capital and vision to invest in its future. One of these men was Horatio Spafford. Well, Spafford, of course, came from New York State, and he came to Chicago and was well on his way. Of course, he was a lawyer, plus the fact that he was knowledgeable of real estate, had to do a lot of closings, I'm sure, and saw bargains when they were there and became involved in it. Though Spafford profited greatly from his investments in real estate, he considered material wealth as only a fragment of his true fortune. His reputation for integrity had earned him the respect of his peers throughout the city. In his wife Anna and their young children, he had a family he adored. And through his tireless support of both his church and the ministry of the evangelist Dwight L. Moody, he found tremendous spiritual fulfillment. Overwhelmed by this prosperity, Spafford frequently observed that he had been blessed beyond measure. Then, beginning in 1871, this life so rich in joy and contentment would be racked by an unbelievable succession of tragedies. That winter, Horatio and Anna's only son died of scarlet fever. Several months later, on the 8th of October, while the family still grieved their loss, disaster struck again. Within 24 hours, most of Chicago's downtown area and Northside homes were destroyed. 300 people lost their lives, and 98,000 were left homeless. People were driven into the lake, and uh, many millions of dollars worth of damage occurred at that time. It virtually wiped out Horatio Spafford's real estate investments. So that was a, an extreme tragedy in his life. Yet despite his enormous personal losses, Spafford went to work after the fire 
helping friends who had suffered even greater setbacks than his own. By the fall of 1873, the reconstruction of Chicago was still years from completion. Spafford's friend D.L. Moody had traveled to England to continue his ministry. And in November, Horatio decided to follow the evangelist overseas, hoping that a change of scenery and routine would lift the spirits of his family. He purchased six fares on the French Ocean liner Ville du Havre, one of the finest passenger vessels in the world. The day before the Spaffords were scheduled to leave Chicago, Horatio received word that he was needed immediately for urgent business meetings regarding property he had lost in the fire. Despite his obligations, Spafford insisted that his wife and daughters leave for England without him. He would join them there in a few weeks. On November 19, 1873, the Ville de Havre departed from New York. Four days into the voyage, the ship encountered heavy fog in the North Atlantic. Just past midnight on November 22nd, the Loch Erne, an iron-hulled English sailing vessel, rammed the Ville de Havre broadside. The luxury liner sunk in less than 12 minutes. 226 passengers, including the Spafford's four daughters, perished at sea. An hour after the accident, Anna Spafford, barely alive and clinging to a piece of wreckage, was pulled from the icy waters. Several days later, her rescue ship reached Cardiff, Wales. She cabled her husband in Chicago with a two-word message. Saved alone. The loss of his infant son, devastating financial setback, and now the deaths of his four beloved daughters. Yet in the face of unimaginable pain, Spafford clung desperately to his faith in God, confiding to a friend that I am glad to trust the Lord when it will cost something. He immediately booked passage on a ship bound for England to join his bereaved wife. The journey was long, and Horatio spent the hours deep in prayer and contemplation. Four days into the crossing, the captain told Spafford, I believe we are passing over the spot where the Ville de Havre went down. As a grieving father gazed into the watery grave of his children, a torrent of emotion rushed from his broken heart. I'm sure he reminisced with Job. All the children were dead, they were gone. 
And as he said later, he went through some deeps he had never experienced in his life before. But he said through all of it, it seemed the darker it got, all of a sudden the light of God's promises began to shine in my heart. He said I couldn't do anything else but express it in a way that I had a gift for. I was not a poet by trade, but I loved to write poetry. And he said, without even a moment's hesitation, the testimony began to flow from my heart through my pen. In that extraordinary moment, sorrow became hope. As Spafford, now strengthened by the assurance that he would one day be reunited with his children in heaven, returned to his cabin and penned one of the most profound expressions of faith ever recorded. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. It's just a marvelous way he wrote it. You're on the sea with them. And we are out in the sea of life. This is what he's painting there, the picture. But through all the troubles, whatever you go through, and it says in this, whether it be financial or whether it be physical, but through it all, God will never leave you. He'll not forsake you. And you can say they can hurt the body, but my soul, it's well. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well. On November 22, 1875, exactly two years after the accident, Anna and Horatio Spafford visited with neighbors and friends. That afternoon, Spafford shared his poem with the renowned songwriter Philip Bliss, one of history's greatest composers of sacred music. Bliss was so moved by the power of Spafford's text that he sat down at his keyboard and within moments, created a melody for the ages. It was a perfect wedding of words and music 
and a hymn that would offer immeasurable comfort and hope to the world was born. And Lord, haste the day when by faith shall be sight the clouds be rolled back as a scroll the trump shall And so it is today, folks. And so it is today. That never changes. Rich, we're about out of time. What's the phone number? 1-800-345-2621. We'd love to hear from you. 1-800-345-2621. And when we read those and when we listen to them, they're typed into a transcript. Rich and I really are blessed by how the listeners feel about the programming on Bot Radio Network. Let's have one listener comment. Let's have one. Here it is. Hi. We just want to thank you guys for everything that you're doing on the radio. We love so many of the shows. We love them all. You guys have changed our lives. We all already felt like we were strong Christians, but having this resource and hearing the gospel 24 hours a day, so much to learn and so much to share with others. God bless you all. Thank you so much. Okay, now wait a minute. She's got me going, Rich. I want to hear one more. Let's hear one more. I want to praise God for putting Dick Bot in charge of the radio programs and of radio stations. And I want to praise God for giving Dick a son to carry on the work that he started. Thank you. Oh, my good friend. God bless you, sir. Yes, thank you. God bless you. All right, this is Dick Bot with my son, Rich. With this chapter, the complete story as a public service, and we'll see you later. Mm-hmm.